In today's gospel, we have one of the most famous and important passages in the New Testament, maybe in all the scriptures. Uh, It's the, the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes introduce the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus's longest sustained teaching in all the gospels. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 are all in the Sermon on the Mount. And it must be a pretty big deal. Uh, we, we actually get that sense when we see how the Gospel writer Matthew introduces the Sermon on the Mount. And that's the first verse of this Gospel that we heard today. This is what we heard. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. Now, who else in the scriptures went up the mountain to receive God's teaching and to hand it on to his people? What was Moses in the book of Exodus, who would go up the mountain to encounter God in the meeting tent, and then he would receive God's law and bring it back down to the people? And what's the most important teaching that Moses received up there on Mount Sinai? What was the the Ten Commandments? It was a list of things that the Israelites should do in order to be faithful to God. So Jesus, likewise, begins his great sermon where he's bringing God's law to the people, and he begins it with a list, a list of beatitudes. Blessed are, is this person, and this person, and this person. A number of things that I think are interesting about what Jesus is doing here. First of all, if we think about the Ten Commandments, they're a list of do's and don'ts. So the first three commandments tell us how how we we ought to act towards God, what we should do, what we should avoid. Uh, The last seven commandments talk about our relationship with our neighbor, what we should do, what we should avoid. Uh, And this is how people could be faithful to their covenant with God. When Jesus gives the Beatitudes, he does something a little bit different, though. It's interesting. He doesn't give a list of do's and don'ts. He doesn't, he's not giving us actions that we should do or should avoid. He's not saying, blessed are those who help out their neighbor. Or, blessed are those who go to Mass on Sunday. Or, blessed are those who pray the rosary daily. Those are all really good things to do. But this isn't what Jesus is saying. He's not attaching blessedness to something that we do, but rather he's attaching blessedness to an attitude that we have, a mentality. I think this is really interesting, and actually we can connect it, again, thinking about how important the Sermon on the Mount is to the Gospel writer Matthew, and therefore he wants to really highlight this teaching of Jesus, and In the next number of Sundays during Ordinary Time, we're going to hear from Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. But if we think about Jesus' first words in the Gospel of Matthew, 
What, what does he say? It's very similar also in the Gospel of Mark. The very first words that Jesus says when he starts his public ministry, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So what does repent mean? Well, repent literally means in the Greek, it's, it has to do with the word metanoia. Maybe you've heard that word before. In Greek, this is metanoiate. And what does that mean literally? Not do something different. It means change your mind. Go beyond the mind that you have. That's what metanoiate means. That's what repentance means to Jesus. A lot of times when we think about repenting and my need for repentance, which is real, and your need for repentance, which is real, we think about doing something different. Do more of this, do less of this. It's probably true that we need that, to do more of this and less of this, but that's actually not what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, change your mind. Me, Father Matthew, change your mind. You, change your mind. What is the mind that Jesus wants us to adopt? Well, this is it. He gives it to us in this list of eight Beatitudes. He wants us to have a different mentality, a different attitude. And man... (laughs) It's maybe unexpected what kind of attitude and mentality he wants us to have. So he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn. How many of us think that to mourn is is actually to be blessed? Probably none of us. That's why we have to change our mind. (laughs) Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I hunger and thirst for a lot of things, but not always righteousness or holiness. That's why Jesus is saying, Father Matthew, change your mind, change your mentality, change your attitude. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the clean of heart. Blessed are you who make peace with one another. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Change your mind. (laughs) Go beyond the mind that you have. Uh, And I think if if we think about how radically different this mind of Christ is than the mind that's proposed to us by the world, this helps us to understand why we're in desperate need of changing our mind. Because what's the mind of the world? What does the world communicate to us? Well, gosh, in our polarized society, the world tells us that it's us against them. So whoever, if, if, we're, if we think different politically from another person, we should exacerbate that conflict with them. Or if we are a different race, or if we are a different religion, We should exacerbate those differences. If someone's wronged us, we should take offense to that. And what does Jesus say? Be merciful. 
show mercy, make peace with one another. Our culture says we should be aggressive and opinionated and make our opinions known and use them to put other people in their place. If someone's grieved us, then we should harbor grievance against that person. It's very, very different from the mind that Jesus wants us to have, which is humility, meekness, gentleness, being, being a peacemaker, being merciful to others. So very different, this mind that Jesus wants us to have than the mind of the world. I just want to say a word about the first beatitude, which, I mean, we could probably say is the most important. Jesus gives it to us as the first of these ways that we are to change our mind. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's interesting because in Luke's version of the Beatitudes, which is a lot shorter, Luke has, Luke has Jesus saying, blessed are the poor. End of sentence. Blessed are the poor. Again, we see how radically different Jesus's mind is than ours because we think if I'm poor, then that's a really bad thing. I'm, I'm cursed, maybe. And actually, in Jesus' time, this is what people thought, that those who were blessed by God were the ones who were successful in the world and in religion. And those who were able to do everything right, those who were wealthy and popular, So for Jesus to say, blessed are the poor, or blessed are the poor in spirit, he must have left his disciples scratching their heads. What in the world is Jesus talking about? But what's Jesus' first words in the gospel? Change your mind. Get beyond the mind that you have. The poor are blessed, Jesus says. Why? Well, because... If you're poor, it's a lot harder to forget about God. If you have everything that you need, if you don't hunger and thirst for anything, then why do do you need God? Matthew here has Jesus saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. That's interesting. What does it mean to be poor in spirit or spiritually poor? Well, it means, first of all, that I need God. I can't be spiritual without him. I'm in total need of his grace for everything in my life. It, to be poor in spirit means being quick to acknowledge all of the many ways that I, I fall short of what God wants for me all of the many weaknesses that I have. To be poor in spirit means that I know that I'm empty of spirit and I need God to fill me. Very different from the world, again. What does the world say? You are just fine. And I am just fine. You're fine, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with you. When I was in college, there was a song that came out. Maybe some of you remember it. It's by Christina Aguilera. It's called Beautiful. 
And uh, the, the, words, the wor- first words of the re- refrain kind of repeat throughout the song. The words are, you are beautiful in every single way. I would sing it for you, but it would be embarrassing. You are beautiful in every single way. And I think Christina's intention is to like, affirm someone with low self-esteem, which you know, is typically a good thing to do. But you are beautiful in every single way. That's what our culture says. You're beautiful in every single way. Whatever you think is right, whatever you, however you think you should be or who you are, it's right. We should affirm everything that another person says or does. You are beautiful in every single way. That's the opposite of being poor in spirit. Because the reality is that you're not beautiful in every single way. And I'm not beautiful in every single way. I got a lot of stuff in my heart that's not beautiful. That I need to work on every day. That humbles me. That is a source of unholiness in me. It's a lot of work that my heart needs. It's not all beautiful. Absolutely not. If I were to think it was all beautiful or to say it was all beautiful, I'd simply be deceiving myself. What does Jesus say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know that they need God, those who know that they are falling short all the time. You know, sometimes um, I think there, there can be kind of a, a we're, we can be very judgmental in our culture, myself included, all of us struggle with that. There can be a judgmentalism towards people who come to Mass on Sunday because people might say, maybe you've experienced this, people might say, well, people who go to Mass every Sunday they think they're better than everybody else. Maybe for some of us that's true. And, it, and it deser- the judgmentalism is deserved. But is it true that we come to Mass on Sunday because we think that we're better than everybody else? You know, the first thing that we do when we come to Mass is we beat our breasts and say, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me, Heavenly Father, I need your mercy. I don't know about you, but I'm, I go to Mass um, because I need God so much. I don't, I don't go to Mass because I'm full of God. I go to Mass because I'm empty. And I need Him. And I know that He's the only, He's my only hope. If I'm going to go to heaven, I need Him desperately. All of His grace, I can't do anything. I make so many mistakes. I need God. That's why I come to Mass. I'm empty. That's why I come to Mass. That's why I receive the sacraments. Not because I think I'm better or because I think I already have God, but because I, I don't have God. That's why I'm here. So, isn't it interesting that Jesus says, change your mind, not do this, do that, but change your mind. If I believe that I need everything from God, that's going to change how I live. If I believe that I'm in total need of God's grace, it's going to change me. I'm going to do different things. I'm going to be here at Mass. I'm going to pray. Why? Because I'm empty. And there's only one person who can fill me. That's God. 
It's a good thing that we're here today, empty, all of us, poor in spirit, all of us. Jesus is so happy for us to acknowledge our poverty, to change our mind. Matthew, you're not beautiful in a lot of ways, but I love you so much, and I'm so happy that you've come here today. Today, Jesus wants to fill up our emptiness, not with the, the empty promises that the world gives, but with him, himself, the only one who can make us truly happy, truly blessed.